Yeah, you bet it. About uh, six minutes after 7 o'clock, we are ready here to go again for this week. Underway, the Monday night edition of the Employment Law Show. Phone lines open for you. Questions, comments, bring them on. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. It is the way to get a hold of. Dave Vaughn is in the uh, the hot seat tonight, taking your questions, uh, making the answers, and giving you a little more knowledge to uh, to walk away with. Uh, email, by the way, help at employmentlawyer.ca if you've not checked it out yet. Hot off the heels of the uh, the massively successful severance pay calculator. It's only been out for a few weeks now. Uh, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, great website. You go a resource basically like having a uh, employment lawyer in your pocket, hence the name. It's free of charge. There's a contact button at the bottom, or at the top, rather. And uh, other than that, gain the knowledge and walk away anonymous if you prefer. We'll talk to and refer to more of the Pocket Employment Lawyer as the uh, the show goes on here. A couple of topics we're going to cover tonight in between your phone calls. Phone lines open, by the way, if I didn't mention that. What you need to know about employment agreements and the top misconceptions of termination. Hopefully we get to some or all of that throughout the uh, the broadcast tonight. So here we go. Hopefully you're safe, uh, safe and sound. Got the uh, snow tires on. You made it home. You got a, a glass of whatever you like and you're going to sit down and hunker down, listen to the show tonight, and uh, get a little smarter. Well, you know, Alex was right, Dave, everyone's talking about, so I'll I'll let you take this one from the employment lawyer standpoint and uh, what happened with the comments by uh, Don Cherry and the subsequent release of Don Cherry that was announced today. What uh, what do you think about it? What's uh, what's the general person, the general person supposed to think about that as far as the deployment uh, side is concerned it's a uh, great question john and uh, obviously very applicable to what, what we discuss here yep. um and you know uh, the listeners of the show regular listeners would know is that um when ending the employment relationship an employer has two different ways about it they can go about it you can do it without cause termination or a with cause termination. Without cause termination, the employer does not need a reason for termination. So basically nothing leading up to the termination uh, and the, the reasons for it matter because in, in a without cause termination, uh, the employer is just uh, you know going ahead with their you know right to end the relationship when they want and they would have to pay out a severance package. Right. Um, and, you know, so... Based on what happened, I guess it was Saturday night, uh, you know, the employer here, Rogers, could absolutely go ahead and say, you know, um, we, maybe we don't have cause for termination. We don't even need to get into that. We're just, we feel more comfortable ending the employment relationship. So we're going to do that and we're going to pay you a severance package. And in that case, all that would matter is whether the severance package is adequate. None of, none of the background here, um, what, the incident would not matter. And so it would just come down to, you know, is Don Cherry, uh, was he offered a, a fair severance package? And obviously, you know, given his age, years of significant years of service, I think it's 35 plus years, uh, at least uh, on that show, um, you know, because I know it used to be with CBC. Uh, and the fact that, I mean, it's going to be very difficult for him to replace that job, obviously. The severance package would be significant. And I have, I mean, I have no idea about um, what's actually gone on there, but uh, I'm assuming that's the, the way they went. Now, the other question, obviously, everyone has is, would it be cause for termination? And I, I know a lot of people were outraged by what happened. There was, uh, you know, complaints, um, you know, everyone, uh, you know, social media is going, going crazy about it. Um, based on, you know, even accepting that it, it was, you know, if it was accepting that it was misconduct, I still think given his significant service uh, and the fact that, He's essentially been, you know, making, um, you know, he, he's kind of built himself on making comments or, um, you know, that that kind of push the boundaries. Um, More of a hockey nature, granted, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah and uh, he certainly hasn't been shy about the, you know, the 
comments like that or topics like that, um, that could give rise to a condemnation argument that, you know, the his employers have always allowed that and they maybe they disciplined him behind closed doors, but he would go back on, on the air and, you know, say other things that were controversial. So I think given the, the, the significant service and tenure he has, um, I think it would be very difficult for the employer to establish just cause here and terminate him without providing a severance package. It's an interesting angle, too, is and you know, and kind of what Alex alluded to is quite often in, in broadcasting in the entertainment field or media, uh, by and large, people have contracts already preset. If you end my you know career at such and such a point, you pay me this. So it might not be a fact where they, you know, Rogers has to go to the severance pay calculator and figure it out. That might already be nailed down in paperwork from a long time ago when he was hired, right? Yeah, absolutely. It could be, uh, he could have a contractual, uh, he could have a contract or an employment agreement that has a contractual um, you know, formula for, or, you know, uh, amount for um, if the employer wants to let him go. And I mean, in, mo- in all likelihood, and that would have been signed when he, you know, got re-extended or, or, or can, you know, continued in his role. So, um, you know, I, I would assume um, that they went down the, the without cause termination route. Um, I mean, in, in cases like this, when um, it's a public, uh, you know, there's a public situation, obviously it's, it's looked bad upon um, the employer here, uh, Sportsnet and Rogers. But, um, you know, I still don't think it would be cause for termination. Um, even if, um, you know, even accepting everything that he said, um, you know, everyone's, you know, the majority opinion, it seems like that, uh, that it was wrong. It's a good day. It's a good way to look at at least get some clarification from the uh, the employment angle. By the way, if you want to call through and ask comments about your own job or your own employer, you don't know what's going on, maybe you're staring down a severance package or just maybe your spidey sense is saying, you know, it's coming to the end of the year and the fiscal's around the corner with some companies and quite often in the New Year's when they're making changes or they make them prior to the holidays because they don't want to crap all over someone's Christmas, you might get that feeling, right? If you do and you have some questions about it, not sure to how to uh, how to handle it, bring them on. Call uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. We'd love to talk to you about your situation, at least get you off on the right foot with some uh, some information. You got something else you wanted to talk about for a week that was or just the uh, the charity matter? Yeah, the uh, another okay. uh, situation that I've seen come up quite a bit lately, uh, so there's not there's not one specific case um, that, that I'm speaking about, but it's a general okay. uh, general issue I've seen come up. And you know, we talk a lot on the show about uh, you know if, if an employer lets you go, you have to make sure you know they, they're going to offer you a severance package, and um, it's, it's usually presented in weeks or months. And mm-hmm. you know that's what we always talk about on the show is you know is it six months, twelve months, something yep. like that. Yep. Um, and, and that's obviously the, the starting point. But the next thing to make sure is does it include all forms of compensation? And one of the ones that comes up the most with, that we have is when it's base salary, commissions, bonus. And, and we always say, you know, make sure it's, you know, your commissions are included, your bonus. Another big one that, that, that's come up recently in, in some cases I've had is pension. Especially okay. defined, uh, defined benefit pension plan because uh, sometimes companies will let someone go and they won't continue the the pension enrollment. And you know if they're in a defined benefit pension plan and you know let's say there's a significant notice period, um, you know eighteen months or a year or two years, um, that can actually re- you know result in in a significant loss um, wow. being cut off of that defined be- benefit pension plan. And, um, you know, I, I've seen cases where the fact that the person was terminated and they didn't continue their pension, um, their enrollment in the pension plan during, uh, you know, a full 18 or 24 month notice period 
and and we uh, we actually got a professional to look into it, and the losses were over two hundred thousand dollars. Oh my god! And people don't realize that. Uh, so, and you know, defined benefit pension plans are becoming more rare. Obviously, I mean, yep. uh, and they're, they're kind of being. It seems like they're being phased out. But if you are in one, you and you have a significant amount of service. Uh, it's absolutely imperative that you get that um, that you consider that when analyzing mm-hmm. the offer because if we looked at these offers uh, when you know in these cases they were all reasonable offers but then you got we looked at the value of the pension and it turned out it was you know half the value of their their their, their package should have been an addition you know uh, the 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 increased pension uh, or wow. the enrollment in that so it's definitely something to consider uh, if you are uh, given a package and you have a uh, defined benefit pension plan. By the way, you want to reach out any time, get a hold of Dave or Lior, member of the uh, the team at the firm, one 821 5900 Good place to, to start out with the phone number. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And for the purpose of this show, always encourage your phone calls. You have top priority. If you have uh, questions to call in, we'd love to, uh, love to talk to you. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Trent, thanks for, uh, thanks for hanging on. How are you? Yeah, not bad, guys. Thanks for talking about call. Yeah, man. What's, uh, what's on your mind, pal? Well, we were just talking about work at, uh, getting some information from work in regards to working from home, and I guess not, uh, it's sort of not uh, a desired thing anymore. The problem is, is that, uh, you know, we've been listening, me and other coworkers have been listening to the show for a really long time now. Mm-hmm. So as far as we're concerned, that's like basically clo- trying to close the barn when the horses have already left. So we just wanted to get some clarification about uh, said policy being now part of the, it's part of the terms of the employment agreement as due to the fact that the employer never made any, uh, didn't do anything about it when it started happening in the first place. So I just wanted to get clarification on that. And by the way, we all, the majority of us stand with the, stand with cherry as far as free speech goes so the, i've seen a lot of cherry free speech stuff going on i'm not thinking, <laughs> thinking it's bad that they fired them i think that they're going to lose a lot of uh, cell phone customers as a result <clears throat> yeah it'll be interesting to see too if it if it impacts the uh you know hockey the um coach's corner who who replaces them but uh yeah. that, that's obviously all coming very quickly um the, the story basically just picked up on saturday night and it's all happened pretty quickly so um in terms of the uh your question here so are you guys say are you saying you guys work from home sometimes or is it occasional or is it all the time yeah it's a, it's an occasional thing like for example some people um do the child care they have a arrangement where they'll they have to work from home like one day every couple of weeks or sometimes where there's like inclement weather and things along those lines. And as far as I know, it's kind of been like an up to your manager policy. But maybe my guess is is that uh, some people weren't. It wasn't getting addressed across the board in an equal way. So they're trying to close the barn doors now as a result of that. And the argument that we have as well. It's now, this is something that we kind of rely upon as part of uh, the terms of employment as we've come to learn from uh, Employment Hour and Empire to Market and things along those lines. So we wanted, we just want to make sure if we're, you know, addressing something like this with people within the organization that we're not firing blanks that really don't make any sense. We want to make sure that we're uh, educated properly and we're properly addressing our concerns. Like I've, I've been telling people if they have any problem with it, with any issues, make sure that you send an email and copy other people so that you have uh, something Record. documented yep. to record this. Mm-hmm. So I just want to make sure that um, myself and my coworkers 
uh, any objections we have to these types of changes are addressed immediately so that our objections are documented in case of any type of further involvement with uh, employment lawyers. Yeah, it's a, uh, you've really uh, you know, summed up the issue well, and I think your overall response is, uh, or the way you, you're planning on going about it and thinking about it is perfect. Um, if, you, if you've been working from home, if that's basically become uh, a term of employment, and you're right, it might not be written down, or it might not be on one, you know, one exact day, but um, if that's just a regular thing that you do as part of your job, that uh, you, know, you have the freedom to work from home um, you know, on a semi-regular basis or when you choose, and the employer tries to um, implement changes to that and prevent you from doing that, that could absolutely be um, you know, a change to your terms of employment that could constitute a constructive dismissal. Uh, it would depend on the circumstances. It would depend on um, you know, how long it's been going on. Um, so, you know, you may be in a different position than, you know, if you've been there longer than someone else. Um, it'll depend on the type of job you have, and uh, it'll depend on how long of notice they give you um, regarding this change. Um, another issue that you that you kind of, uh, you know, touched upon is, you know, people rely on it in certain ways to, uh, you know, for the, the, in terms of dealing with their, to taking care of their kids. And that actually get, brings up another issue, which is um, a human rights protection for family status. So um, if, you know, you have a certain schedule and that, um, that allows you to, uh, you know, care for your children or pick them up from school or daycare or whatever it is, and the employer goes ahead and changes that, that also could be, um, you know, a, a human rights issue there. Trent, uh, Trent, thanks for the phone call, and uh, good on you for calling through. Obviously, you have listened to the show, because I can tell by some of the terminology we're using, so we appreciate that, and uh, please continue to listen. Thanks for the call, and if you want to follow up with Dave uh, tomorrow, later time, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. 855 at be worth keeping that uh, that number in your pocket. Lots of time for you to call in, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell, or one 225 talk toll-free at 719. This is the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. Welcome back, indeed. It is 722 on a uh, snowy Monday night, so uh, lots of time for you to call us and, uh, and ask your employment questions. It'd be an interesting connection I just made there, but whatever. Uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. If you've not checked it out, even for interest's sake, uh, give it a shot. at his pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll help you on a wrongful dismissal and whether you're a, a temporary contractor or not, all kinds of different things. There's even a spot on there on disability law as well, so you'll want to check it out and, uh, and use it absolutely free pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. As I mentioned off the top of the show, we're going to start with this topic in between the phone calls, and that is what you need to know about employment agreements. First of all, um, what uh, what what brought about this topic? Why do you want to talk about this one? I guess you're getting a lot of calls about it, right? We get a lot of calls about it, uh, and uh, I find one of the things that comes up a lot during calls is uh, People will, um, you know, people I talk to who've just been let go um, are always surprised when I ask about, oh, you know, send me your employment agreement. I need to see that. Um, and whether we're talking about their termination entitlements, whether they get the bonus, uh, whether they, um, you know, the, there's non-compete or non-solicitation uh, language governing their employment, uh, it'll all come back to that. So that's why I always ask to see that. And sometimes people are kind of uh, surprised I've asked for that or, or say, oh, I think it just says the standard stuff. But sometimes the standard stuff put in an employment agreement can be very important and unfortunately problematic to employees. Well, that's what I was going to say, and you can expand on that. I know why is it so important, because the average person thinks it's just some piece of paper they file away in a cabinet somewhere and never look at it again. Yeah, and um, you know, employment agreements are you know fundamental to your employment in the sense that they, that's the governing document. So whenever there's a dispute 
in um, or, or anything comes up and like I said it's you know what are your termination entitlements are you entitled to your bonus if you get let go uh, is there a probationary clause um, are you allowed to you know go to a competitor are you allowed to uh, if you want to leave and go some and start your own business are you allowed to you know um, contact their the, the employer's customers are you allowed to bring employees over Right. The first place to look at that, for all the answers to all of that, is going to be the employment agreement. So that's why it's it's so important. It's important from everyone's perspective. It's important for important for the employer's perspective because if you're an employer and you're hiring someone, you want to solidify their rights and you want to control, um, you know, what their entitlements are, what their obligations are if you let them go, um, and what their compensation is and what happens if they're let go in terms of the compensation. So you want that in a document like an employment agreement, and you know. Most employers do 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 that, so it's important if you're an employee before starting a job, before accepting employment, to read that and have that reviewed. We'll get to more talking points in that regard. Always the phone calls, the priority, though, and we'll uh, move over to uh, to Glenn. Hey, Glenn, thanks for hanging on. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Good, pal. What's uh, what's on your mind tonight? So I've worked for a company. I was the first employee for 22 years. Uh, I'm still employed there. I used to travel into the U.S. for the past four and a half years without a work visa. Um, the U.S. government has put a stop to that now. And for the last six months, I've literally sat in an office uh, doing nothing um, because the company has decided that they're not going to get me a visa. They've told me that, that uh, they're not going to do this. And I'm still under my director, but I've sent emails, I've phone called, um, and uh, with with asking for work to do, um, and uh, they have uh, they're, basically there's zero response from my director. Wow. Okay. So this it's you know pretty unique situation, but that doesn't mean it's uh, complicated. Um, you know, if regardless of the, the the you know the reasons for it, the the employers essentially. Um, made it so you don't have work to do right so they've basically took away your full your job yeah um so th- this would be you know a classic constructive dismissal um you know it doesn't matter that um you know i understand that the reason it's come up is because the you know because the u.s government started enforcing this but uh the you know the employer would be responsible for getting you that visa to ensure you can continue to do the duties and responsibilities you you've been doing um right. so i'm um, you know quite confident in a case like this that this would be a constructive dismissal so do i just sort of sit there until they tell me how long uh, has this been going on uh it's been for uh, since around march okay i mean the 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 best way to proceed would uh would be to uh at some point push the you know Make it make make this an issue. Um, you know, you, you know, I mean, you can't just sit there indefinitely. Um, I, I assume you've you've sent emails and you've basically, uh, you know, you've voiced concern uh, regarding this. Nope, not as no. of yet. Because okay. um, I mean, I did have slight projects that I mean, I get an email maybe once or twice a week that I have to put in a PDF file into a file folder and. That's my job. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I looked at it this way. If they want to continue paying me what they pay me to do this, that's fine. 
Yeah, absolutely. So you can you can definitely continue as is and and you know accept this as um, you know you're you're basically your job now, uh, and you know you continue to accrue service and um, you know eventually if they do let you go, um, you know you'd be entitled to a severance package based on your full service you know position age and all that. Um, if you wanted to push the make this an issue and and kind of push the uh, push them a bit on this, yeah, you'd you'd need to basically voice your concerns um, in an email or a letter and. Um, that would be the starting point um, for alleging constructive dismissal. Um, we could help you with that, but if you're content to um, continue on as is, uh, you can absolutely do that as well. Glenn, appreciate uh, appreciate your time. Appreciate the call. Want to reach out further? No problem. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to get a hold of Dave and the crew, or uh, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Moving on here to uh, Kevin. Hey, Kevin, thanks for hanging on. How are you tonight? Hi, good evening. Thank you. Thank you for taking no the call. You bet. What's up? Yeah, I just had a, a question. Um, I just noticed um, in my employment agreement, um, part of it actually um, uh, breaches the Employment Standards Act from what I can see and what I've been told. I'm just wondering, does that mean the whole termination clause would be considered void or, or is, how does that work? Yeah, so if a um, you know, assuming your uh, your employment's governed by the Employment Standards Act, you're in Ontario and it's a you know provincially regulated company. Um, if the termination clause violates the Employment Standards Act in any way, it is going to be void and uh, unenforceable. Now, um, it, it, the part that voids uh, the part that it it it, uh, it says termination with cause. That that I work in a manufacturing uh, industry. It says we may terminate your employment for just cause at any time without notice, pay in lieu of notice, um, severance pay or other liability. But what about, mis- like I thought the ESA requires misconduct, which is a much higher threshold. Yeah, it's a like, great... I mean, that's the part I'm asking about, yeah. Yeah, it's a great uh, great question, and it's actually a, um, you know, an issue that's gotten some uh, attention in, in the court, um, you know, in court decisions recently. Um, because, yeah, it's a higher standard to establish willful misconduct and, and willful neglected duty. So under the ESA, it's a higher standard than just cause. Uh, you definitely have would have an, uh, an argument that that violates uh, the employment Standards Act. Now, one of the issues that comes up, though, is if it's if it's in a separate provision of the of the contract, uh, one provision usually doesn't make another provision unenforceable. So, if they're if the employer separated it, that may not actually invalidate the without cause termination provision. Oh, separate? What do you mean, like separated it? Like uh, like a separate provision? So, if it's termination clause. Yeah. Okay. So, but if it's term, if it says you know termination clause, then you know a um, with cause termination, b without cause termination. Arguably, that those are, those would be separate provisions. Oh, okay. So you see it would saying? hold up then, or if uh... it's it's an issue that's been getting attention in courts. The arguments are made a lot. I would say there's absolutely no certainty on it. Okay. You, you'd okay, have an argument. You'd have an argument that it violates the ESA, and it's possible that could void the entire termination clause. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, one 225 talk That is toll-free to call through for the remainder of the show, every show, uh, for that matter. Sam, hey, uh, thanks for uh, for hanging on. How's, uh, how are things tonight? Not bad. Yourself? Uh, we're okay. In and out of the snow doing this, so uh, we're better yeah, off, yeah. right? Yeah. What's, uh, what's, <laughs> yeah, uh, what's, your, what's your question, well, here, brother? Here's my question. I mean, a, a few years ago, I, I had an employment offer that was made, and I signed it. And I probably did what 99% of people do, and that's a sign willy-nilly without really paying too much attention. And then 
you know, at some point I lost my job. I lost my job to what was classified as, um, you know, uh, um, attrition, no longer needed, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So just before I lost my job, I had a performance appraisal and, you know, I had done very well. So my, my, my bonus was going to be 15% of my salary. But there was a clause in that contract in my employment offer that said that if you're let go, where you're not entitled to your bonus. So here's my question. You're given an employment offer, you're given this document to sign, and if you try to negotiate those terms, you know, things like non-compete clauses, uh, not being, you know, not accepting that or not accepting that if I'm let go, I'm not entitled to my bonus, your offer of employment is going to be rescinded. So you're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place anyway. Like, so my question centers around what powers and rights do I have when it comes to negotiating my employment offer, not from a salary perspective, but from these tiny clauses that lean heavily in favor of the employer uh, that ultimately, you know, for, for lack of a better term, can come back and screw me later. Good question. Yeah, it's a great question, and uh, it's probably one of the biggest issues, um, you know, we come across. Um, you know, uh, I'll, I'll talk to someone, and they'll say, you know, we'll go through their contract, and it, it, maybe it has a perfect termination clause that you know, limits them to the Employment Standards Act, and they say, oh, I, I, you know, I shouldn't have signed it then. And then the, the response is, yeah, but what, you know, there's a good chance they wouldn't have negotiated it anyways. So you can't think like that. But you're right. You, you really have no leverage in, in, in the, to the extent that, um, you know, if – if you try to negotiate it, they can absolutely, you know, pull the offer or, um, you know, just say, you know, that that's the offer, take it or leave it. Um, in most cases, that's all it'll be is that, you know, you can go back, you can ask about certain clauses. And um, if they're not going to change them, uh, I think most employers or prospective employers will give you at least the opportunity to say, no, this is our contract. Um, so if you want the job, you have to take it. And you're right. You have to make that decision, um, whether you want the job or whether you want to turn it down because of the, um, you know, what may happen at termination. Uh, the, the reason, you know, I, I guess the, the circumstance in which it does come up where you do have some leverages, uh, and you have to be extra careful is situations where you're, you're employed somewhere else and you're going to quit your job to go to this company. Because then you're kind of you're you're leaving, you know, a secure job um, for a job, you know, for uh, for this new job that all of a sudden has these you know bad um, terms uh, terms of employment. And the other uh-huh. one is if you're going to uh, you know get an, a, a new offer of employment within the same company, right? If you yeah, if you wouldn't mind, can I ask a second part of that? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and that is, do you foresee these conditions tightening now that you know? And all due respect to you guys, there's more and more awareness of companies like yourself that would fight for people like us and you know in the back of my mind i don't know if conspiracy theory is the right word but i just i see somebody sitting in an office somewhere saying let's tighten this let's do it so do do you foresee more of that yes i i do see that employment agreements and the terms of employment agreements are getting um you know I, i think employers are getting better at drafting them and they're you know imposing new term you know these terms more frequently i'd say and so i do come across kind of terms that are you know beneficial to the company and you know yeah. take away rights from the employee i i do see those more and more often and i'd actually say they're drafted better in the sense that they're drafted in in a way that maybe courts will be more likely uh to enforce them um and but I, I should say also that you know a, a lot of employers out there don't include terms like these because they want to get 
you know top end talent. They want to get people who uh, you know attract um, you know people that they that they really want. And um, you know if you put in all these draconian terms such as you know limiting uh, termination provision limits to the Employment Standards Act, you know not paying someone their bonus or their commissions after you've let them go, um, you know you're not gonna if you're an employer you're not gonna get the same you know level of uh, talent. So hope, yeah, our pleasure. Appreciate it, Sam. Yeah, it makes sense. If, if, you, if you sour the pot too much, not too many people are coming to the table. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, say, right? you know, there's no way to force employers to not include, you know, legal terms in their employment agreements, but mm-hmm. hopefully the, uh, the just the market, um, you know, regulates that itself, right, in terms of, um, you know, if employers see that they're losing talent because of these draconian terms, maybe they'll, they'll back off them a bit. And I think if you're if you're if you're the person, if it's a case where they've gone through several interview processes, and you know you've kind of been whittled down over a few weeks, and you're 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 maybe the guy or girl they want, if they've done that much work and put that much resources into you, chances are they're going to be a little bit flexible, a little give or take. You know what I mean? If we, you're our guy, we spend a lot of time interviewing you. You're the top candidate, so maybe we can slack off a bit on some of the terms that you don't like. So I don't think it's harmful asking. Absolutely. I, the, all I say to, to prospective employees is it can't hurt to ask. So we'll go through yep. your employment agreement. Let's at least understand what the you know the terms are that, that may come back to, to bite you later. And let's go through these with the you know and um, you can ask your employer. Um, yep. You know I'm you know I'm kind of concerned about this clause. Um, and, and you know let's say a termination clause. Sure. Um, you know you can always say can we remove this? And a lot of time maybe they won't remove it, but you can come back and say okay, well how about the, a different formula? It's a bit a little more beneficial. It gives me a bit. more more um, notice or severance if you do let me go. Um, bonus, that's a huge issue, right? You say, you know, like I'm reading this bonus policy, and if you let me go on you know, December 30th or 31st, I'm not going to get my bonus uh, that I earned all year. Um, a lot of employers don't want to seem like they're, uh, you know, taking advantage of you right off the bat. So, right. um, you know, there is room for negotiation, but at the end of the day, you know, um, it's true that if an employer is you know, set on their terms of employment and, and they won't change it, your choice is to accept the offer or, you know, find another job. Gotcha. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Justin, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging in there. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, sir. What's uh, what's uh, what's on your mind? So, essentially, I took a job about two, three weeks ago. Uh, I got in there. The job wasn't exactly what it was told to me to be. I uh, decided it wasn't a great fit. And during that time when I was making that decision, I got an offer from another company that I had applied for at the same time. Hmm. Uh, their offer was for a much higher level position. Uh, it's about double the salary as the one that I chose. Um, so I told them that I was going to have to accept a new new position, and they were fine with it. They said they understand. They can't, you know, match it obviously. So you know, wish you well. I picked up some uh, documents uh, on Friday, and in there was a non compete that I had signed through one of like twenty pages of the employment contract. Um, the new company isn't a direct competitor, but it's a bit of a gray area. So my question is, is it enforceable to hold someone to a non-compete for having worked there for, what, a week? Yeah, it, it is a great question. And um, at the end of the day, the, the your length of employment isn't going to make a huge difference in terms of the fact that you're only there for a week or, you know, if you're there for 20, 20 years. But um, what what matters with non-competes is um, what, the, what the courts will look at is you know, the... the scope of it so like you know what type of how, how broad is it in terms of the industries and the, the type of work it is um the time frame so um and that 
part of that will probably be relative to the the time you've been there, which obviously is not a long time. Um, like it's kind of you know I, I think a, a lot of courts would say you know you've only been there for a couple of weeks and they're now not letting you you know compete for a year. Um, that's kind of disproportionate, right? Well, that's, uh, that's exactly the timeline <clears throat> that's in the contract. Yeah, and then the other one is uh, spatial um, spatial. You know, so are they preventing you from working anywhere in the in the GTA, or is it just within a you know two kilometer radius, five kilometer radius? But um, you know, I, I can tell. I'd have to review the whole contract and uh, particularly the non compete language um, to make a, a determination on it. But I can tell you that generally courts don't like enforcing non competes, um, especially when it's uh, you know you you know if you I don't know. I mean, what type of position is it? So the one that I left was an account management position um, for at, at the office, and then the new one is an outside sales position. Yeah, okay. Um, I, I think, I mean, courts are going to be hesitant to to enforce that. They're going to try to look for ways to not enforce that, um, given, and like you say, you've only been there for a couple of weeks, so clearly you couldn't have been, um, got you know, too much information from them to to harm this employer, right? Um, you know, restrictive covenants like non-competes or non-solicitations are designed to, you know, protect the employer's genuine interests. So if you're going to start going, you know, you have your their customer list and you're going to start going after them, well, that's something that employers are going to want or the, the courts are going to want to enforce. But if right. you're just and trying to earn a living, um, I think it's very unlikely they'll enforce it. Right. Another caveat to that is the area that I was given at the previous job was on the other coast of Canada, whereas a new one is in Toronto. So oh. there's really not an overlap. Okay. There's no there's no verbiage in the contract. It just says no one is in the same industry. Right. Oh, so there's no there's no like, geographic limitations. No, not not in the contract. Okay, that would be just, uh, that would be very problematic for the employer to enforce that then. Okay. So well, that is good to know. Like obviously, yeah. you know, I, I, like I said, I'd have to review the whole document um, mm-hmm. to, to make a determination, but it's, I, I'd be surprised if that wasn't enforceable, especially given your particular circumstances. Let's try to uh, get another call or two in here last uh, couple minutes. Hey, Jamie, how are you? Good. Um, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, pleasure. I have a friend who's sort of in a situation here where he has been work. He, he worked at a a casket store like a warehouse environment for nine years and he actually left in February 2018 so going on two years and his employer is not um, his employer doesn't want to pay severance and I'm not sure if someone's been nine years you know who's been dedicated at a job how much do you think they're they should be entitled to well you said he left did you leave or get dismissed well he he actually resigned from the job and what happened was um he couldn't take the job anymore because of um restrictions that were um you know affecting his health when it comes to heavy lifting because he's a really um, guy that's really petite and he's um, only like a skinny guy and he couldn't do the job um, you know because he was having issues with back pain and the whole nine yards but at the end of the day he hasn't gotten anything from his employer yeah so if he resigned from his job he's likely not entitled to severance pay um so th- there'd be really no recourse there. Now, if for some reason he had given a medical note and 
um, you know, asked for some type of accommodation or, or modified duties and the employer didn't accommodate him and uh, wasn't able to do that, then it's possible he could, um, you know, there could be a constructive dismissal uh, or frustration of contract there. But um, if it was just a straight out resignation, he would not be entitled to severance pay. Well, uh, Mike, I'm gonna, uh, I got about a, literally a minute here, Mike, to ask your question. Go ahead if you can slip it in in that time. Yeah, it was a quick one. Um, it was just to follow up on a couple callers back for the employment agreement. Um, don't you have to? Don't you have to sign a new employment agreement or um, resign every time you're promoted? You don't have to. Um, I mean, people get promoted all the time, and they're not. Um, you know, not they don't sign an agreement. They're just given a new title and uh, a new new uh, salary. But in many cases, um, yes, that is what happens. So when people do um, get a promotion, they sign a new employment agreement. And a lot of times, I see you know maybe the original employment agreement, the old one doesn't have a termination provision or something like that. But if they were recently promoted, sometimes they they, they sneak it in there. So it's important they, to get those promotion letters checked too. But they need consideration, yes, to make it uh, legally binding. Yeah, binding. that's true. And the prom- a promotion and a salary increase would be consideration. That's so. If you are getting that, if your employer is offering you that, it's uh, important to get those reviewed as well. Mike, thanks, pal. We're going to uh, wrap it up for there, and thank you for all your phone calls and your attention. We'll be back here Wednesday night, same time, and then, of course, the weekend shows. You want to reach out now that we are done, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca, and as I mentioned a few times, check it out. you got some time. Have a have a, have a a look and do some uh, some lurking around the Pocket Employment Lawyer. You can reach out at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Don't go anywhere. Don't move a muscle. At least don't change the dial. Alex Pearson coming right back with On Point right here on Global News Radio.